Welcome to Bank of Singapore's Outlook in 5. The definitive guide for investors to stay ahead. Hello, I'm Conrad Tan, investment strategist at Bank of Singapore. Just over a month ago, on the 24th of February, Russia invaded Ukraine. And today, as the war in Ukraine enters its second month, there is still little visibility on a resolution to the conflict in the near term. Russia's military has met strong resistance in Ukraine, in the areas north and south of the capital, Kiev, but they have managed to make gains in the eastern border close to the Donbas region controlled by separatists. Now, the war has injected significant uncertainty into an already difficult macro environment marked by high inflation in major economies and slowing growth. Today, I want to highlight just three key points about the market outlook over the coming weeks. First, Given the wide range of potential outcomes, sustained inflationary pressures in many major economies, and a hawkish US Federal Reserve, we continue to advise against bottom fishing. Since Russia invaded Ukraine, investors have had to repeatedly reassess their expectations for the extent of the war and the response from the US, Europe, and Ukraine's other allies. There is still today considerable uncertainty about the likely duration of the war as well as potential scope for further escalation. Second, the implications for energy markets are expected to be complex and extended. We believe that oil markets are currently unprepared for the possibility that Russia's energy exports could be shut off by sanctions, and therefore the risks to the near-term outlook on energy prices remain biased to the upside. Uncertainty around possible energy sanctions by Europe is likely to keep risk premia elevated and make near-term prices volatile. Therefore, we see a wide range of 110 to 170 US dollars per barrel for the Brent crude oil benchmark over the next three months. NATO, G7, and European leaders met in person last week in a show of solidarity against Russia. And the US announced new sanctions on Russian parliamentarians and state-owned enterprises. Both Canada and the UK also announced similar additions to the sanctions list after the meeting. The G7 and European Union have also committed to working more closely to ensure that Russia's central bank will not be able to evade current sanctions, limiting its access to its international reserves. Now, so far, Europe remains reluctant to sanction Russian energy directly, given that there are no near-term or easy alternatives to replacing its energy supplies from Russia. However, if the war escalates further, for instance, if chemical weapons are used, then tougher sanctions may be deployed. Highlighting its dependency, Europe is currently facing a shortage of diesel, which it sources mainly from Russia. This is an important input across industry and agriculture, and the price has increased significantly. There are few practical sources of alternative supply of natural gas compared to oil. Following the NATO summit on the 24th of March, Europe reached a deal with the US to increase its supply of liquefied natural gas or LNG from the US to help Europe reduce its reliance on Russian gas. The third key point I want to make is that high energy prices are making it much harder for the Federal Reserve and other global central banks to manage inflation. In the US and Eurozone, inflation was already at its highest level in several decades, even before Russia invaded Ukraine. In the US, both short- and long-term inflation expectations are moving higher. This is putting great pressure on the Fed to raise interest rates more quickly to keep longer-term inflation expectations anchored around its 2% target. 
Last Monday, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that if we conclude that it is appropriate to move more aggressively by raising the federal funds rate by more than 25 basis points, we will do so. Now, the risk here is that if the Fed raises interest rates too quickly in the coming months, at a time when high energy and commodity prices are also hurting demand, then the US economy could face a hard landing, which would be negative for risk assets. This is not our base case, but the risk of such a policy error is rising, and we will need to monitor this carefully. In summary, our view is that this is not the time for bottom fishing. Instead, we would take the opportunity provided by the recent market bounce to deleverage and increase portfolio resilience through diversification and suitable hedges. In our asset allocation strategy, we hold an overall neutral position in equities, and we prefer defensive large caps, quality, and value, especially companies with resilient profit margins with pricing power in an inflationary environment. We also prefer China equities, for which long-term value has emerged given depressed valuations and firm fundamentals. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Bank of Singapore.